Hello, and welcome back to the I Knew You'd Understand podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm here with your other host, Kerrigan. Kerrigan. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here for another episode to talk about some fun new topics. Um, We've recently been through a bit of a rough week Mm -hmm. for the both of us, and so Let's just kind of recap where we are right now. How you can go first? Yeah, Tell us we just up. need to check in. I think um, <laughs> because man, what a week it's been. Okay, well, I'm coming to you guys live from Spain. My first podcast in Spain. I made it alive. Yay! If you hear any um, background noise, it's probably the outdoors or a moped yes. or my neighbors. Um, they're kind of loud. But yeah, so I hope that you guys can feel like you're with me here. Um, but it has been a week. I'll discuss more. But um, basically, my traveling was just like insane. So many long layovers. And then I got here and <laughs> I didn't know. Originally, I wasn't going to like quarantine because I got a COVID test before getting on the plane. Yeah. But right. um my professor that I'm working with was like, I just would feel a lot more comfortable if you just didn't come in for a week. And so I've been mm-hmm. quarantining for a week, which nice. I can see my roommates, which is nice, but it's just mm-hmm. hard um, yeah. to be quarantining. And be all alone in another country. Like it would be fun if you were at your house and no one was talking to you. Right. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> just feeling a lot of like, I mean, we'll get more into this, but just it's been a very emotionally draining week. Um, Mm -hmm. Not as much of a physical draining week, which is why we have Sarah to uh, (laughs) tell her perspective on it. To round it out. Yeah, I mean, just tell us what you've been through because I feel like I can't even say that I've been through anything in comparison to you. (laughs) If anyone lives in middle America... You know that the week of February, the week after Valentine's Day was a disaster. Um, There's like a massive cold front that hit almost every state, but especially Texas has been hit super hard. And I think for the first time, maybe ever, every county in Texas was under a winter storm warning, which is just unheard of. Um, Insane. So... My boyfriend and I were like, oh, we're from Colorado. Like, it's going to be fine. We definitely know how to handle snow. Like, we can drive. We can do whatever. Um, We woke up on Monday, and my boyfriend was like, the power's been off since 2 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm cold. Um, And then it just went downhill from there. The power came back on on Thursday night, I think. But that's a long time to go without power. um, And we don't have a gas heater or a gas hot water heater. So we were without heat. Um, and then our apartment complex in order to reduce, um, disaster, (laughs) they told everyone to turn their water off. We were without power and water. Um, we also don't have any cell service in my home. So I think that was what really got us kind of freaked out was like, we can't Google, how to keep ourselves warm or like how to keep your house from, I don't know, pipes from bursting because we didn't have any internet. So, um, that was kind of stressful, but 
luckily my mom has connections out the wazoo and she found us a friend um, from Facebook who offered us their spare room in their house and they were amazing hosts. They were so nice. They made us all hot warm meals. We got to take hot showers. Um, we stayed there for two nights and then we got um, back last night. So we're happy to be back. We don't have any water. So the plumbing situation is a little rough. Um, pre <laughs> pre Renaissance, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's okay. We're working through it, and it really just is crazy. I think how much situations around you can affect yeah. your mood, um, things out of your control. Like you can't control that you don't know anyone, that you're in a foreign country, that you're being asked to do something that you should do, you know, to keep other people safe, but that can have such an effect on you or the fact that I can't go outside without 10 jackets on and even then I slip and fall, you know, it's just something that puts you in a really bad headspace. So I think we're both glad that this week is coming to an end and there's light around the corner. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. I mean, that was so scary to see what you were just telling me about whenever you got like a moment of (laughs) self-service of like, this is terrible. Like I can't, like my house is just so cold because I know that I mean it's not normal in Texas so there's like no insulation Mm -hmm. the pipes and the grids are not yeah and like my family in Michigan and and in Colorado too like we're used to it so it's like Mm -hmm. our houses are made for this like we're used to having waking up and having a ton of snow but like that is not the case in Texas so that's what we kept saying we were like oh it's it's all good. <laughs> we were like, it. I have lived in insane conditions. I've lived through so many blizzards, and it's never been something where I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope that I don't like freeze in the middle of the night. But um, yeah, just crazy. And we were so fortunate, and I'm so thankful. But there are so many people in Texas who still are without power, yeah. still are without water, and have. Um, harder situations like people who were like I need to feed my newborn and I can't warm up formula because I don't have power and I don't have water to make um like powder formula so it's just really hard and I don't know how people who have children were supposed to get out of this situation so I hope there's some kind of compensation or payback program because that was a crazy week and I felt like people's fundamental rights were not being um, upheld by the government yeah I mean the government totally slacked not to get political but like (laughs) not to get political but Cancun yeah that's all that's all I need to say (laughs) if you know you know (laughs) Uh, but we've been doing a lot of brave things yeah that's gonna be the subject for this week because I think that that was really the subject of our past weeks of the things we had to rely on (laughs) and so I guess um my first thing that I want to say about it is what do you Mm -hmm. think like bravery is if you were to define it (laughs) what's your definition (laughs) (laughs) I think bravery is Doing something that you know is going to be hard or challenging, but doing it anyways, I guess. Mm. And I don't know if that's like, I associate it with courage of like taking the leap, being like, this is scary, but I'm still going to do it because I need to, or I need to do it for someone else, 
Um, something like that. Yeah. What about you? No, that's a perfect definition. Um, <laughs> I completely agree, but it's interesting because I didn't always think that that was the definition. Like, I feel like as I've gone mm-hmm. more into my adult life, I've realized that that mm. is more what being brave is or having courage or doing yeah. things that are scary. I think for a long time, I thought that people that did scary things or like stood up for themselves or kind of like went against the grain and put themselves out there just like didn't have feelings of fear ever. And so I didn't yeah. think that someone like me who experiences fear constantly <laughs> could like Mm -hmm. also be someone that experiences bravery so yeah I think both you and I are someone are are people that think about things a lot and think things through Mm -hmm. and and do think of worst case scenarios a lot of the time which can give us unnecessary amounts of fear um (laughs) so I think it's interesting that both you and I are uh, put in a position where we had to be brave because (laughs) that's not always our strong suit (laughs) it is not no definitely overthinkers I think it's so interesting we want to talk about the Enneagram so in depth but Mm -hmm. I if you just met us and you didn't really know that much about us you might think that we were is it type six that's like super anxious worst case scenario Yeah. yeah I, I think people would think that's what we are because yeah. we really do go from like zero to a hundred so fast and we're like, okay, well, this is it. We're going to die. Yep. I just assume that like, it's either I assume that I'm going to die or I, I assume that everyone hates me. <laughs> I that's experience what it is. so yep. <laughs> much fear in terms of like how other people think about me or like a social interaction. I don't really... Yeah. I don't experience a ton of fear about, like, my safety. I know that Mm -hmm. we've talked about that a lot. Like, I don't have as much, like, um, I don't worry about, like, robbers or, like, being hurt or, like, Mm -hmm. things like that. That doesn't, like, that's not on the forefront of my brain. But I, like, am so worried that, like, I'll go and, like, mess something up and that person will never want to talk to me again and hates me. Or, like, if I get a text that's like, hey, can we talk? I immediately assume that they no longer want to be in my life and, (laughs) like, despise me. Or, like, someone doesn't Mm -hmm. text me back. Like, I go into a spiral thinking that, like, I've done something completely wrong. So that's, like, a lot of fear I experience. (laughs) And I am also experiencing that but then I experienced the very physical fear of I am not safe anywhere in the entire world so we really balance each other out like that. yeah we do we, we balance I think that we both have our different stories of fear we asked some of you guys on our Instagram uh what are some of the bravest things that you've done and they made me like emotional they were just so sweet mm-hmm. I love that, and I think what we were saying, like, everyone's definition of bravery is different, but I think if you asked a kid what the bravest thing they've done is, it's like, I jumped off the highest monkey bars or whatever, and now that we've grown and matured, that definition has really evolved into something more deep and personal, so we're excited to talk about that. Yeah. What are some of the bravest things that you've done, like, really quick? Like, if you were were to answer that in short snippets not we'll talk about stories in a second but a handful Hmm. of some of the bravest things you've done I think one would be um 
going to a different high school than I was supposed to go to. I think going abroad is a brave decision, even if it's the normal decision, like it was at Pepperdine. I think that's still a really brave thing to do. Um, I think realizing a relationship is the right thing for you and jumping into that is really brave. Um, And I would say, honestly, getting a dog is a brave decision. Yay! Wait, I loved those. (laughs) What about you? Yeah, I think... Oh, there's just so many different avenues you can go with, like, bravery, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was cool because people's responses were so interesting, too. I think there is a big part of bravery that's tied to having a faith in something that's bigger than yourself whatever that might be believing in something Mm -hmm. that's not super tangible I think that I experience a lot of bravery through that um I think that anytime I've ever put myself out there and told someone how I felt about them or yeah even like not romantic like talked about having a weird tension with a friend or um Mm -hmm trying to confront something that happened that made me feel uncomfortable that like for me that's like the highest level of bravery because I'm so afraid of what other people think about me um right I think when I went to therapy that was really brave of me I'll give myself the credit for that and then this (laughs) stage of life that I'm in right now yeah I'm also experiencing lots of bravery by moving here and not knowing anyone and not really knowing anything, not having control over anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A a huge thing in bravery, I think for both of us is control and Mm -hmm. that lack of control and still pushing forth in those situations. Not that we're like control freaks, but we like to know what's going on. And I like to be able to, kind of regulate the things in my life so when that doesn't happen or I feel like that's not an opportunity that's where I'm like oh god this is so stressful and I need to like muster up some strength right now to get through this yeah I feel like both you and I don't like like we're not like micromanagers trying to control things like that's where I think we're why we're not sixes because Mm -hmm. it's like I don't find this need to like have control over my entire day or like have control over uh, what I consume or what I'm doing or what someone else is doing. I don't really care. It's more Mm -hmm. like when I'm put in a situation where there's anything unknown, that's when I feel out of control because I don't know like the outcome, what the outcome's going to be of something. Mm -hmm. Like um, I (laughs) had to go to the supermarket. Okay, guys. Let me just supermercado. Yeah. Okay. I had a problem because on my first day here, I went to the supermarket with my roommate, and I was like really overwhelmed by. Yeah. I just like I need. I knew that I needed more things, but again, I'm so afraid of what someone thinks about me, mm-hmm. and so I was yeah. stressed that I was like taking too much time. So mm-hmm. I grabbed. Been there. Yeah. I grabbed the most random stuff because in my brain I'm like I will sacrifice everything (laughs) everything so that this person that's being so nice to me by helping me get here will Mm -hmm. experience zero inconvenience so I grabbed like the most random stuff like I grabbed nothing okay and I Mm -hmm. get home and I realize like okay I don't have food like I grabbed like spinach (laughs) 
quinoa oh, no and okay. um a loaf of bread that was it are you kidding i'm me? not kidding <laughs> Because I was so, yes. I was so like, I don't know. So I knew that I was going to have to go back and I knew I was going to have to do it by mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. And I kept like pushing it off. Like I needed probably to go like after the first day, but I just was mm-hmm. so stressed that like I was going to get there. And I don't know, like it sounds so dumb to say that I was stressed yeah. about it, but it's like, I just didn't know what would happen because I'm not like really sh- my totally Spanish skills are so bad Mm -hmm. and I was like I just gotten my debit card from my Spanish bank account and I was like what if it doesn't work like and then Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to like get I'm gonna like keep people up in the line at the grocery store and everyone's gonna hate me and I was like oh my gosh well should I bring reusable bags because in America like they don't want them right now because of COVID Mm -hmm. but here they do and I don't know what to do and I was like so stressed and of course like I go and had an honestly a good experience and there's no problems yeah. but it's just like the lack of knowing exactly what's going to happen that yeah. gives me anxiety slash fear <laughs> it's scary yeah. I think exactly what you're saying you just have no idea how things are going to pan out and we have so many friends who are like life of the party spontaneity mm-hmm. is everything to them and they're like that's why this is so fun And I know I can look at Kerrigan and be like, get me out of here. We went camping um, (laughs) senior year, and I thought that it was, like, this planned out trip. And so I was like, sure, I'll go, whatever. That turned out not to be the case, and Kerrigan wasn't there at the beginning. She came later when we were having dinner, and, like, we didn't have a spot secured. We didn't have a permit. We didn't have... Um, really a good fire all these things and that was another portion Um, (laughs) but the biggest part was we didn't have the permit to be there so if we got caught there I was like that's when I don't know what Mm -hmm. happens like do I have the money to pay this bail I don't know like how much is the charge all these things and so when Kerrigan arrived I we were like communicating Mm -hmm. via the eyes I think I don't even know how we like talked about it but I was like you have to help Mm -hmm. me. I have to get out of here. I feel like I'm going to spontaneously combust. (laughs) I think we were sitting around and everyone was like here for it. But I mean, I guess this is also aside from beer. The other thing is that we both absolutely do not like to break any rules. (laughs) (laughs) None. Like that gives me so much anxiety. I cannot break a rule. I can't do it. Like I, that's why I think both of us cannot be late. I could never, like, I've never been pulled over. I'm knocking on wood because that gives me so much stress. Anyway, so that was also part of the fear. But I think we got there Mm -hmm. and everyone was, like, kind of loving the idea of the thrill of, um, (laughs) yeah, it being, like, illegal. (laughs) And just being fun and being like, oh, this is crazy. It's adventurous. And we were like, no. (laughs) And we swiftly got in our car and drove away. So I forgot about that. Not to say that we're not fun. We are fun people, no. and I think a lot of the time we do embrace that, like, oh, let's go with the flow kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's when it's like there's unknown consequences, but you know that they're coming. You just don't know what they are. Exactly. That's really like, take a step back. Exactly. <laughs> We're definitely, like, spontaneous, but not in the way of, like, there being any harm to ourselves or others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
correct. Yeah, we'll do <laughs> random stuff all the time. It's just not like risky behavior. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. If it's not risky to myself or others, let's go for it. Oh, yeah. Like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's it's just such an interesting, like, uh, dichotomy because it's like we both don't plan out our days. <laughs> no. No. Like, I want oh. life to go with the flow, but I just don't want to get in trouble or have a bad experience. <laughs> being 22 and being paralyzed by fear of getting in trouble is something I need to unpack with a therapist because <laughs> who am I getting in trouble with? I don't know, Dude, but I'm terrified of it. I know. I've been like having this issue now that I'm here where I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no rules. Right. And like, what do I do? Because like at Pepperdine, the whole time I was under some set of rules, right? Like I was either under Pepperdine's rules yeah. and then uh, then I joined HRL, was under another set of rules. Mm-hmm. When I go yeah, home, contract. Like, my parents aren't like strict, but they have like a lot yeah. of, I don't know, opinions and um, yeah. guidelines that they want me to follow, as do yours. For and sure. so I live yeah. up to their expectations because I'm like, I don't want to be in trouble but it's so weird. Or like when you live like with people or it's like when you have a job that you have to like live by yeah. their rules, whatever. But I'm here and yeah. I'm like, there's really <laughs> no rules. And it's it's interesting. I have to like make them for myself. That is the tea. As do you. And then we Yeah, but I do make the rules for myself. Like I'm like, I will never do this. I'm right. not allowed to do this. Me like too. and I don't think I don't want that to sound like limiting or, you know, like she doesn't let herself do anything. I'm like, no, no, for my own personal well-being, I must create rules or I will spiral out of control. Yeah, that's been like the biggest, I think, thing that's made me feel better during this like weird week is I've made a routine and I've been trying to like really stick to it because that brings me peace having a routine. And I am not like a routined person. Like I don't like things being like a certain way or or I'm not this like super clean person it's more just like I know that I need to leave my house during the day Mm -hmm. and do something or I know that I need to talk to at least one person that I trust and care about and tell them actually how I'm feeling and I need to eat and (laughs) drink water and seriously those are important components of my day and honestly that is brave like doing something like that and setting boundaries for yourself and establishing a routine is a form of bravery in the face of something scary. It's like, okay, well, regardless of what's happening externally, I'm going to make sure internally that I am taking care of myself. Yeah. That takes courage. Thanks, queen. Props. I mean, it's been a journey. (laughs) (laughs) It's a freaking process. Mm -hmm. I feel like also, um, I've been seeing so much millennial slander on TikTok. Oh my gosh, the and... dressing like a millennial. That was mm-hmm. so funny. But okay. <laughs> I think a millennial phrase that I just cannot stop saying is like, it's a process, it's a journey, because I just truly feel like that at this moment where I'm like, people are like, oh, how's this going? I'm like, it's just, it's a process. Like, right. that's all I can say. And I'm not trying to be cringy or like I'm putting that up on a society six pillow and tapestry you did not have to come for society six like that oh 
gosh. I mean, not all who wonder are lost, but it's a process. Um, just so everyone's also aware that I, in my room, uh, my room came f- fully furnished by my roommates, who are honestly so nice. Um, but Yay. they put up this little poster that says, enjoy the little things in uh, cursive. Oh. Oh. Live, laugh, and, love. and polka dots also. And it's funny because it reminded me of your society six thing but it's like i'm like i know that it's cringy but also at the end of the day it's true so yeah true hey that's that's what makes those things sell because <laughs> they're resonating with someone literally like i'm not i'm not joking somebody out there is like this is my north star like, this, <laughs> this is will guide me home maybe this will guide me home yeah should we talk about some of our most fearful moments and kind of how we overcame them? Yeah, I would love bravery? I would love to. Would you like to start? Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Um, okay, unrelated, but one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are like in a group, like a circle, mm-hmm. and it's their turn, mm-hmm. and you know that they know because there's like 10 people, mm-hmm. no. and it gets them... <laughs> Uh, and I just did it as a joke, and I hope it came off as it a joke. Did, it did. Like, oh my god, me? Is my turn? We're like, oh, we I'm all totally know it's your turn. turn. <laughs> like, were you listening to the other person? If you weren't, that's incredibly disrespectful. It's obviously your oh, turn. So I do share. hate that. Oh my gosh, that's a pet peeve I didn't know I had. Yeah, that's the worst. And you know they've been preparing it in their mind the whole time, and like that they were gonna say that too. And you're like, oh my gosh, is it me? <gasps> So that everyone goes, yeah, it's you. Like, you want the validation. Whose turn is it? Yeah. Wait, those things where you sit in a circle and you have to go, also my worst nightmare. Because it's like, I'm actively trying to listen to what someone else is saying. But also, I have to think exactly what I'm going to say so I don't have a moment where I sound, like, off. Yes. It's a disaster. This is, like, becoming more of, like, a day in the life of someone with anxiety, but... I hope you guys are liking it. It, it is what it, it is. is. What it is. Trust the process. Amen. <laughs> um, okay, so one of the most fearful things in my life, I don't even know if that was English, but um, one of the things I was the most afraid of was driving. Um, I, when I was 16, maybe almost 16, um, I didn't have my permit. But my birthday's in the summer, so I was like, I've got time. Like, it's not really um, one of those things where if I got it, I'd be able to drive myself to school. I would still be waiting for the next year to roll around, so right. I was like, oh, I'm good. Um, so I wasn't really rushing on that. And then I went on a, like the show, The Amazing Race, I went on a version of that with my church youth mm-hmm. group. That was, that needs its own episode. That was so scary and so stressful. Okay, we will have it as our own episode. (laughs) I, um, it was super snowy and we were going all over Colorado. That was kind of the premise of this was like, you go to a location, you run as fast as you can, get a clue, drive somewhere else. And we had drivers assigned to us that were all, I think over 25, kind of like a rental car thing. It was just for security purposes. Um, And so I'm driving through South Park, Colorado, which is where 
the show South Park is, like, based off of. So they have, like, the cutouts of those, like, hideous little men mm. on the thing. Like, you can put your face in it. Yeah. Um, still so scary. And in the car in front of me is a teen that had, like, one of my really close friends at the time, two girls who were in my small group huddle that I was pretty close with, and then, like, I mean, other kids I just knew from youth group, and so it's not like they were strangers to me. Um, I had some kind of connection, and we're driving on the side of a mountain, so one side is completely cliff, and then the other side is the actual mountain, and um, it's a race, so we're kind of like, oh, dang, we're behind them, like, we have to, you know, catch up, make some distance, whatever, once we get off this pass, and... Um, all of a sudden I look up and I see their car spin Mm. and then I saw their car flip over twice and it was just so horrible. Um, maybe we should put a trigger warning for anyone (laughs) at the beginning of this episode. (laughs) Um, but to know that the people that you, there are people that you know, like Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times you pass a car accident and you just pray that the people are okay and that no one was severely hurt, but it was just so freaky. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe the feeling. I can't and even imagine. I looked up. Yeah, we look up and we're like, I think that was them. We need to pull over. And so we pull over decently far from the car, which is still upside down. And um, we all had sleeping bags and stuff because this was a multiple day race. Mm-hmm. And people's sleeping bags had flown out of the car when the glass broke. But from the distance that we were at from the car, they looked like bodies, oh and so I'm, like, sobbing. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. Um, like, one of the guys I'm super close with, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what has happened? So, anyways, we run up, and thankfully everyone was okay. I think the only um, injury sustained was a concussion, which is wow. literally a miracle. Um, I mean, it flipped twice, and he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, the kid that got a concussion. Oh so, insane, but... In that moment, I was like, this is why driving is bad, is because you have no control. Right. And it, it goes all back to that thing where I'm like, I don't have control over myself. If I don't have control over the vehicle, I can't, like, control other people. Right. I mean, thankfully, no one was coming the opposite way, and it wasn't a dual car crash. But, um, so from then, I didn't drive for, like, probably four years. Wow. Um, and it wasn't like I didn't need to. I definitely <laughs> needed to. Like, <laughs> my mom was like, why are you involved in everything in school? Like, I had a meeting for everything every day right. of the week. Or I would have to bring brownies or make the poster board. And she's like, I have to take you every time you have to go. But I could not get behind the wheel without uncontrollably sobbing mm-hmm. and sweating so much that I would ruin whatever I was wearing. And as anyone who knows how to drive, if you're crying, you can't see, so you shouldn't be operating yeah, a vehicle. That help. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bit of a struggle. Um, but yeah, I was really embarrassed about it for a long mm-hmm. time. Like, oh, why don't, why can't I do this simple thing? Why can't I whatever? But I don't think I had the vernacular at the time to describe like, this is driving anxiety. This is what anxiety looks like in me right now. Um, or the trauma that I was kind of witnessing from that. So it took a long, long time, but eventually my parents, right before my senior year, I think of college, Mm -hmm. they were like, you probably need to get your license this summer. And so they signed me up for like the classes that 15 year olds take Mm -hmm. when they don't have their license. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. And um, yeah, I did those classes. And before that, I mean, I would cry every single time I was going to the class. I think I cried a couple times in the car with complete strangers because I was just like, this is my nightmare. Um, But it was one of those things where my mom was like, do you not want to be able to do this? And I was like, okay, I I do want to. And I think it needed to click for me, but it took a lot. And I don't think at the time I would have defined that as bravery. I just was like, this is what I'm doing because I have to. Mm -hmm. But it was really brave and it is brave of someone to push themselves and to do something that makes them incredibly anxious and to do yeah. something where you feel like you have no control. And yeah, I, I did it. I passed the test Woo-hoo. the literal last day that I could. <laughs> <laughs> Actually on my 21st birthday, I got it so that I didn't have to retake my permit test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to that one. I think I would have failed, so it's fine. But <laughs> um yeah, I tackled that, and since then, I I also think something important about anxiety and overcoming fear and overcoming trauma is that it's not a one-and-done thing of, right. like, okay, right. I'm afraid of this, and I did it, and now I'm healed. Thank God. Like, yeah. You know? Oh, my gosh. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's I do just think some people have... <laughs> I do think some people have that experience of like right. this was really traumatizing to me and now to break that I'm gonna do it and I'm fine but that's not always the case and that was not the truth for me I got my license that summer before senior year and then I didn't drive the entirety of senior year I think I drove your car once and yeah. it was not a good experience and then, <laughs> um, oh gosh yeah Then I drove when I got home because it was COVID and no one was on the roads. So I had a little bit of an easier way. Exactly. But it took time. And even I just moved to a new city. That's stressful to me. There's a really complex highway system in Texas that I've never, Mm -hmm. I have no experience with. And so um, I drove myself to get Chick-fil-A the other day because that Mm -hmm. could motivate me. And I mean, I was crying like the entire way and I... It's just stressful and it's yeah. scary, but, you know, not that I like Chick-fil-A is the reason that I did this, but <laughs> not the reason for my bravery, but there is something about, like, empowering yourself to do something and saying, I'm going to do this for me because I want this or I need this or I whatever, and yeah, yeah. so here I am, oh, yeah. uh, honestly, six years later <laughs> with my driver's license. But, she, but she's here. I'm here. Yeah. I People are like, oh it's so fun. Like I love going on drives. It's my therapy. Like, I think you like driving generally. And I'm like, (laughs) I would rather cut off my pinky toe than get in a car with another person. Oh my gosh. It's well, I mean, I'm so proud of you. First of all, second of all, I think it's just so interesting because uh, of how like other people respond to someone's fear Mm -hmm. because I think, like you said, for a lot of people, driving isn't this thing that totally gives them crippling anxiety, but also for For some people, going to the supermarket by themselves doesn't give them crippling Mm -hmm. anxiety, and I felt like in my friendship with you, I remember when you told me that you couldn't drive. I think it was, like, obviously our first time, because I was like, oh, should we go somewhere? Mm -hmm. You're like, well... (laughs) You will have to be the <laughs> yeah. one that does that. And, um, oh, thank you. I think, like, for your first year, and I, and probably a lot of it was just because it was hard for you to process it 
I felt like it was kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I yeah, yeah. kind of would, Especially. like, bring it up as a joke. So I was like, oh, it's just, like, a mm-hmm. funny thing. She just, for whatever reason, doesn't have it. I knew other people who just, yeah. it just didn't happen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I really didn't realize, like, how much anxiety it caused you till that day that you and some friends were coming home from something and you witnessed a similar mm-hmm. situation to what you had seen. Yes. And mm-hmm. I remember that you came home and we, I think we went to the grocery store and you were like, I'm not okay. Like this was exactly yeah. what I had experienced. And that was the first time you had ever really told me that that had happened mm-hmm. and was like the reason. And it just clicked for me, yeah. but it's so interesting the way that people still don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've watched people, Isn't it? like, for so long say things to you that aren't kind to, like, joke about mm-hmm. it. And I yeah. just <laughs> literally don't get it at all. And so I hope that if anyone is listening to this and thinks that this is, like, I don't know, doesn't take it seriously, like, that just pisses me off. That's just a side tangent. But I can't believe that people, yeah. like, still to this day like say like oh it's not that big of a deal mm-hmm. and oh yeah it's just whack. power reductionary yeah it's just so whack <laughs> yeah that makes me so angry I think I mean the supermarket experience I feel like so many people who have anxiety that is such a big deal for them and then for someone to be like oh just go do this or just do it blah 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 like why can't you go do this it's not whatever all of those statements and like I know that you don't intentionally mean right. to really hurt this person, but like when someone is like, oh, why can't you just do that? It makes you feel so horrible about yourself. So yeah, just a word of caution to yeah. anyone interacting with any other person is, you know, assume this person is not in your shoes when you're talking to them because nothing feels worse than not being able to do something that you really want to do. You're just afraid of it. And then having someone be like, oh, well, just, well, just do it. That'll right. make it better. Right. I remember, like, I came back here after going to the supermarket, and I was, like, so proud of myself. And I said, mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I, like, went by myself to one of my roommates. And I was like, mm-hmm. if this girl says, like, oh, wow. Like, I don't know, like, <laughs> says something of, like, yeah. doesn't validate, I will freak out. And she was really nice, mm-hmm. which was so good. But it's – that is so interesting to me and I I think we could do (laughs) literally like an entire talk just talking about things that people specifically have said to us but other people in our lives when you try to tell them about (laughs) your drama and they respond terribly but whatever um (laughs) I mean I'm just proud of Uh, you for doing that I know it's tough thank you I think it's a, I, like I said, I was, like, embarrassed to talk about it for a while. Like, mm. some people I know are not going to respond well yeah. or respond kindly, so I don't bring it up with those people. Like, I was very protective over that fear and that trauma just because it didn't feel like it would be received in a kind way. And so, yeah, I just think that's a another layer that makes bravery even more admirable in other people is, like, someone is facing so many things internally as well as externally, and so... You have no right and no place to say that someone is not brave for doing something and whatever you choose to tackle, it's great. Yeah. And don't compare your situation to someone else's. I think that's another massive thing. I'm like, do not do that. It doesn't make the situation (laughs) any better. (laughs) 
like, uh, I have crippling anxiety about driving because I have irrational fears that I'm going to spiral out of control and kill every single person on this road. And my friend is like, oh, yeah, I have an irrational fear of spiders. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to be silent for the next 45 minutes. That, or, like, when, you're, when you say, like, oh, my gosh, I just have so much anxiety about this one thing. And they're like, you know what I do? I just don't think about it. <laughs> have you tried drinking some water and just, like – meditating I'm like right 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 <laughs> yes let me tell that to the chemicals in my brain really yeah, quick I think they you. need some, it's some water so enlightened <laughs> now that was the that was the key <laughs> I just try not to fill my, my thoughts with those with my brain with those thoughts I don't know it's just what I do I'm like okay <laughs> be happy <laughs> <laughs> no oh my gosh why don't you share your story with us? I would love to hear. Yeah. I mean, where I'm at right now, this is like definitely Horribly scary. the most brave thing that I've ever had to do <laughs> every yeah. single day. Um, and it's not like a bad thing. Like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. The first day I got here, I was really unhappy and started like mm-hmm. sobbing and wasn't well. And It was, like, not because anything bad has happened. Like, this place is beautiful. My roommates are so kind. Like, nothing Mm -hmm. bad. It's just a lot. And I think I'm not someone that deals with the feeling of being alone very well. I think Mm -hmm. that being alone triggers a lot of, like, negative emotions for me. And so coming here by myself and feeling like, okay, there's so many hours throughout the day where – my friends and my family are asleep, so I can't contact them. And mm-hmm. also, if I do, it's, like, always going to be over text or voice memo or FaceTime or something like yeah. that. And I'm here doing this thing totally by myself. And mm-hmm. it's, like, I know that this is something that's going to, like, make me a better person and grow me. And I know that I can do it. It's still just really scary. And yeah. I think the other part that's hard is I tell people, like, oh, like, I'm not feeling great, like, this is really hard, and Mm -hmm. I've just gotten some responses that are so, (laughs) they're just, like, well, I Mm -hmm. think that you're great, or, like, (laughs) I think that you're, like, so, like, hardcore for doing this, like, you're just, you can do it, and it's, like, that, (laughs) like, I I know your intention is so kind and whatever, but it's just Mm -hmm. tough, I think, when you don't feel like validated in your fears or like yeah yeah, it's like oh my gosh I'm so alone and I'm sad but then I'm like I get in my head about it like but my best friend is like under a hundred feet of snow and has no power like I cannot (laughs) speak like you know like those things I think also get in the way of fear so definitely this experience but I guess in terms of like a time where other people didn't really understand like, mm-hmm. my irrational fear was, um, so, I mean, uh, this is, like, another whole episode, too, but I had had, like, a very negative experience with someone that went to my school. Uh, I'm just going to yes. say it as that. I had a very traumatic experience with someone that was in my classes and went to my school, mm-hmm. and I had to see constantly, and yeah. it was awful. Like, it was the worst Horrible. thing. I felt like every day I woke up. And was like, 
I had to like suit up I felt like to go Mm -hmm. to my class or to go to the cafeteria or to go to the library yeah like every single day Mm -hmm. I was just in this like constant like traumatic spiral of like being so afraid to see this person even though I knew that I was gonna see them um and so like I had to do all of this stuff to like prepare I was like oh my gosh well I can't be alone in a hallway with this person. And so I would, like, plan out my day to, like, never be by myself walking through the halls, which is exhausting, Mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes you just have to go get your paper or whatever it is. Right. Or Or go pee. Yeah, I would, like, panic if I – it just – it consumed my mind. It was crazy. Like, in the same way that about your driving thing, like, it's not rational. I don't have this, like – I mean, yeah, I can say that I had a traumatic experience, which is why I feel this way, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I don't know why it totally just took over my whole body. It was so hard. Luckily, I had such amazing people that helped me through that, but it was tough because I would try to explain it to maybe someone who's not as empathetic and they're like, well, just don't Mm -hmm. think about it. Like, just walk by, like, it's fine. Like, and I'm like, you just don't understand how this one second interaction literally will cause me to paralyze me yeah fall apart and it was yeah it was terrible like I mean I even there was a time I tried to talk to a professor about switching out of a class because I was like I cannot handle this I got such a bad um, response from the professor that just totally invalidated my experience and so yeah I think the bottom line is we all have things that are they're not rational. Like I knew this person wasn't going to kill me. I knew that I wasn't going to die if I saw them, but something about it made it so it wasn't okay. And I think with your driving, it's the same thing. Like, you know, most likely you're going to get in your car and go to Chick-fil-A and come back and you'll be fine. Like we know that that's going to be fine, but there's always Mm -hmm. these what ifs that Mm -hmm. are the reason that you experience so much fear because they like surround your body, like your head and everything. And you have to go Mm -hmm. down, like, for me, it felt like a mental, like, game where I would have to, like, go down the path of seeing what every single conclusion of the what if would be to, like, feel secure. And, Mm -hmm. oh, it was just so exhausting and terrible, and I just don't recommend it to anyone. But luckily, (laughs) and like you said, too, like, I I remember I woke up on the day that we, like, started school knowing I was going to be in class, and I was like... I know I'm just going to go to this class and mm-hmm. it'll be fine. Like I'll see, I'll see this person. It'll be yeah. over and whatever, but it didn't, it never got better. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. it got easier, but it never got like, I never like was released of fear. Yeah. It's a process yeah. and it just sucks. But I think sometimes you do have to play that. What if spiral game? Like I would literally sit with you and be like, okay, just tell me all the things that could possibly happen. Like, let's just go through it now so that you can get them out of your head, out of the way. Like you need that dump of information just to be able to breathe and be like, okay, I've exhausted all of the options. And I think I, I had a plan. Like, I think we made a plan. I was like, I know that if, yeah, if anything goes wrong, like I know if I call Sarah, she will come here. <laughs> and you did yes. a few times. <laughs> I did. I'm like, First of all, I have no classes and also like the easiest schedule in comparison to Kerrigan, but she would text me like, this is happening. And I would be like, do I need to come? I will literally leave. I'll drop everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you did. Goodbye. That's what a good friend is. But 
yeah sad that you can't just come to spain <laughs> i know one day that'd be fun <laughs> i was thinking um something that we witnessed i guess during our hrl training mm-hmm. a couple years in a row was this idea of sitting with something with someone instead mm-hmm. of like trying to solve it with them and i think that is really huge when you're talking about fear with anyone a friend a loved one even a parent or a sibling I think that kind of approach of I know that there's nothing I can do that will remedy this for you and if there is like let me know I'd love to try and help but sometimes it's that like okay um I'm just gonna have to sit here with this and hold this space for you and we watched this um video by I think it's from a Brene Brown talk about sympathy versus empathy and that video it's like this it's so it's good so if you good. haven't watched it oh maybe we can link we'll it link in the it because holy crap it's so good and it's a cartoon and it's so powerful but this animal basically is really sad and mm-hmm. has fallen into depression so the visual is like they're in this hole and another friend comes up and it's like this is what sympathy is they look down the hole they see their friend they're like oh hey how are you doing can i offer you a sandwich and the other animal's like, oh, I'm okay, you know, thanks, whatever. And then the difference between sympathy and empathy is that another, um, one of the animal's friends sees it in the hole and climbs down and sits there with them. And it's just that being there in the hole with someone mm-hmm. is so much more powerful, so much more helpful than someone on the surface being like, oh, Kerrigan, don't worry about it. Like, just take a deep breath before you go to class and it'll be okay. Versus like, your other friends offering like, Hey, can I walk with you to this class? Can I do this with you? Like text me, I'll be available in a heartbeat. And it's those kinds of interactions that make such a huge difference in how comfortable you feel tackling that fear. And it's like, helps you be brave to have people on your side and on your team and that matter. No, I think that that is like literally the biggest piece of advice anyone could receive. If you have like a friend that's struggling with something that you just don't understand is like Mm -hmm. I don't have to understand it but I can support this person no matter what and just make that known like I didn't like some I had friends I told that didn't go to the same school as me and couldn't be with me Mm -hmm. walking through the hallway but instead like things that they would say like well I'm here for you like you can tell me anytime Mm -hmm. I'll never judge anything that you say and like yeah I think I think we could make an entire episode about sympathy versus empathy because I think you and I have experienced our fair share. (laughs) But, like, just as a personal note, like, if someone tells you something hard, if it's not even related Mm -hmm. to fear, whatever it is, I literally think the most powerful thing you can say after is, like, I'm just really sorry that that happened. (laughs) Like, Yeah, thank you for telling me. I can't. Yeah, like, I, I can't just, like, I don't know if I have the right thing to say, but I'm just so deeply sorry that happened. It really hurts me that that yeah. happened to you or that you feel that yeah. way. I Like, people have said that to me, and it's, like, thank you for saying that, you know? Like, okay, like, I know yeah. I'm not crazy. I know that this is a real thing. Like, it just validates all your experiences. So that's what so I would just much. recommend. <laughs> this is basically just a a long rant about how you need to validate other people's feelings and emotions but that's really the truth is that it's so important to make sure that people feel seen and heard and that allows you to be brave that allows you to be honest all these different things so 
just let people experience yeah. their life in the way that they're yeah. experiencing it and tell people Please. that you're proud of them like you guys sent mm-hmm. in these things and I won't like go over and read every single one but we're proud of you we read them and I was like hell yeah, yeah. brother like moving to a new city halfway through high school moving to another country by myself not knowing a language or anyone there and still going, coming out, Mm -hmm. going to treatment, telling people how I felt about them, confronting them. Literally, the list Mm -hmm. goes on and on, and we're proud of you. So if no one's told you that, we are. (laughs) We're proud of you. (laughs) Celebrate your little victory. Go to your local grocery store, drive there, celebrate that, and then get some Ben and Jerry's. Because they slay. (laughs) (laughs) We support. And... (laughs) celebrate yourself for going to the freaking grocery store Mm because it is scary Mm -hmm. even if you speak the language and you know the layout of the store it's so awful i know or asking when you have to ask for help no i could never (laughs) when i went to trader joe's for the first time first of all the massive a massive trader joe's here in austin and they were stocking the shelves as I was doing stuff. So I kept having to be like, I'm sorry, no. can I get by you? Can I do it? I was like, I, I'm losing so much of my soul tonight. Like no. I got out and I was like, I'm dead. Wait, the worst, I have two things to say. One is related to this Please. and the other is not. The first is the worst like anxiety I feel in the entire world is when I am in the window seat and I have to ask someone to get up so I can use the restroom. On my 14-hour flight back to America Mm -hmm. from Italy, I did not get up once to pee. And then I got into the airport and had to go through. I went through the entire line at customs, almost passed out, was about to throw up, and simultaneously poop myself. And so I had to step to the back of the line, sit down, and get water, and then get back in the line because I was too afraid to ask a single person for help. Uh, (laughs) Dude. Literally, I mean, I just, the way that I understand, the way that I feel you on this, like, I was sitting on this eight-hour flight, literally, this guy was sleeping, so I was like, that's even worse. There's no way I can ask this man to get up, like, I mean, I'd rather just die, and I was thinking in my head, going over, how bad it would be if I had given myself a bladder infection, because I know that that can happen. Like, I was like, if I give myself a bladder infection, like, it's probably not that bad. Like, this program's paying for my health insurance. Like, I'll be fine. Like, I was mm-hmm. legitimately thinking that through instead of the two seconds with this man I've never, yeah. I will never see again. <laughs> exactly. So, see, just a little trip just... down our brain. Ah, the spiral. My what other thing that I need to bring up, because you brought up Trader Joe's, and now I'm, I just need to tell you that I'm really salty about this. Oh, well, me. it's not like Trader Joe's' fault, but I'm just really sad that the moment I leave the country, they release mm-hmm. a chai concentrate that you can make yourself, I and I heard that it's amazing, and so I'm really sad that oh. I don't get to experience it. Well, don't worry. In a week when I can leave my house and there's water again in the city, I'll try it for you and do a, a virtual, okay. I, I like a live it's really test. good. Oh, yum. I can't wait. Dude, you've got to try it. I'm so excited. It's spice chai I'll drive there. Oh. I know. Close. I know. Okay, should we discuss The Bachelor now I or another time? I think we have time? to. 
Okay, I mean, it's, it's so relevant to. now. It's just like we have to discuss it. We have the time. That's true. <laughs> Clearly, I have nothing hey. going on. I'm just melting snow so I can go pee later. <laughs> okay. The last time we talked about The Bachelor, mm-hmm. it was like all of this hypothetical stuff, right? Since we then, we're ahead of the trend. I'll of... say it. We did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of other stuff has happened. Again, I still have not watched an episode of the show. <laughs> I'm just following up on Twitter right. and YouTube. But um, I did watch the interview of Rachel Lindsay and Chris Harrison. And I think that should be maybe our first point of discussion Please. because I'm disgusted. <laughs> I mean, I, okay. My first question, it's so annoying because I'm like, do I even want to waste my breath discussing this? But also, who else am I going to talk about this with? First of all, has Chris Harrison ever attended media training? <laughs> That's a fantastic question. Because I don't think anyone on ABC has. I'm like, I just really doubt that someone who's on TV that much would think that that was an okay thing to say. It was bad. He used to tell the woke police. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> have you seen The Princess Bride? Yes. <laughs> and so in the movie, the guy's like, inconceivable, like he keeps yes, saying that. Yes. And one of the other characters is like, I don't think you know what that word means. And that's how I feel about Chris Harrison. I'm like, do you know what woke means? Because I think he was just trying to like throw a term out there to stay relevant, relevant. and like not get canceled. But he, I mean, he dug his grave in that interview. Seriously. It was so bad. I mean, mansplaining? Not even mansplaining. White mansplaining. Racism to a woman of color. What I love the most about the interview was that Rachel was like, I'm going to sit here and Mm -hmm. let him do this to himself. I'm not going to try to correct him. I'm not going to fix it. Like, he interrupted her every single chance he got. She had nothing. That was insane. And she was the interviewer. And, and, and she's like literally a person of color and is directly affected by this. Okay. That was insane. It made me so angry. I just think, first of all, I've never liked Chris Harrison. I don't understand the hype, but that was just really weird. What, what sat with me the most that I felt was just really wrong was them saying that, um, ABC and the Bachelor franchise is not responsible for addressing yeah. people's yeah. problems. When I'm like, okay, you have incredible viewership. Your ratings are sky high, which is why you have a primetime spot on this network. Right. And you are not using any of that influence or any of that power to blatantly rebuke racism, to um, talk about the horrible bullying and the verbal harassment that's going on on the show. Like, that just feels like a really big disregard of responsibility, and that makes me angry. Yeah, it was – I mean, I feel like that's the biggest mistake they could make. I <laughs> I honestly think that this could have – this situation has gotten out of hand. I do think that it's, like, just – it's so bad. And mm-hmm. I honestly think so much of it could have been avoided had both ABC – and Rachel, and maybe even Matt, just come forward and said, like, this is something that happened. It shouldn't have happened. I messed up. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how bad this was. Like, there's just so much 
power in taking accountability and it's like I've seen both of their apologies since this interview and I think they were strong apologies I understand Chris Harrison's decision to step back I think it's the right thing to do but and and I thought they were well thought out apologies but it's like it's just I just don't like when apologies come after there's been this massive scandal like they can't get away without saying an apology now I think it would have been so much more mm-hmm. po- more powerful if she the moment that this came out I mean we recorded our first yes. one when this had come out like two weeks ago and it had yeah. been going on two weeks before that so exactly I just don't know why we waited so long to address it and it goes and shows ABC's intentions of just trying to save their show because I mean, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. we know what's going to – we know. <laughs> we know. I – yes, correct. I also did Google the spoilers a long time ago, and so if you haven't or you don't want to know anything, just, like, skip a minute because yeah. we're just going to vaguely discuss, but there would be no reason for them to be doing this prolonged PR right. or whatever if there wasn't some, you know, tea at the end with Rachel and Matt, and so – I just think it's frustrating. I think it's annoying. And I think totally what you said, the timing is just so frustrating. Yeah. They, I think Rachel said in the interview, um, like he was like, what is she supposed to do? Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, these allegations have been out for six weeks. Like that's yeah. enough time to formulate a statement or to contact someone to be like, Hey, I really need help talking about this. Right. It just all uh, feels like, like fabricated. There's just so many other ways she could have been about it. And it's like, Okay, so this brings us to our next little thing that we need to talk about, which is cancel culture (laughs) being brought up whenever things like this goes down, because I feel like Mm -hmm. that's always the counter argument is like, oh my gosh, I hate cancel culture. Like, cancel culture Mm -hmm. is so toxic, blah, blah, I agree that cancel culture is a problem. I think that it's wrong Mm -hmm. to cancel someone. I don't think anyone is canceled, and I honestly think every single person, especially if you are a white person. You have done something in your life for you to be considered canceled. I stand by that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, like we all have, like we have all done things that aren't okay and all have right. things from our past that are shady and whatever. No one is like above that. And so I do mm-hmm. think that we're not people who should be judging others so harshly. Yeah. However... <laughs> I think there's such a difference between like canceling someone and saying that someone should make a statement or calling someone mm-hmm. out on their actions. Cause I think that all of us also deserve to be called out and held accountable. It's that accountability. Like I honestly do think some people deserve to be canceled. Like <laughs> meaning no, you should not be receiving money for having a public platform anymore yeah. because your actions are disgusting and deplorable, but I do think that there is room for grace and for growth and whatever, but I think those words get thrown around so much. Like Chris Harrison was like, let's give her grace. I'm like, I don't know, Rachel. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that she should go to hell. I'm not saying no. that she is evil. No, I'm just saying this girl has a massive platform right now to be able to do something, to be able to say something. And she's making money off of the show and off the franchise and honestly off of all this drama. Right. And that's what the problem is. It's like, okay, why are you making money off of being shady, potentially being an incredible racist, and all of these other things? Yeah. Just, if you're not that way, show us that you're not. That's my thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, start doing these interviews. Talk to people. Like, 
reach out to like Rachel <laughs> Lindsay or someone that you trust that can educate you better about these things. Like, I, it's like, it's crazy to me. Like, I just don't know why it's like, it almost just feels like she doesn't want to grow. And that's the part that pisses me off. My other thing that pisses me off is I just feel like the people that always throw around this argument that of cancel culture being bad, which I texted you this, is always yeah. a white person. I don't hear mm-hmm. it from my peers that are people of color saying that, yeah. like, oh, like, cancel culture is just so bad. Like, going straight to that mm-hmm. argument. And I feel like that yeah. shows that we're just so uncomfortable with a white person being called out on things that they've done that is wrong i'm just gonna throw this in because we're just kind of on a yeah (laughs) i have seen so many youtubers doing things that are just honestly crazy like okay that's whatever doing things that clearly violate covid guidelines that clearly aren't super ethical like you know, girls taking a product deal from someone and then never using the product. Like, I don't think that's ethical. Or um, a YouTuber not posting about the fact that they're in another state when Mm -hmm. they're promoting, like, I'm super COVID conscious and then posting fake stories like they're in another. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. then when people call them out, they use that apology of, like, I'm just, I'm learning, I'm a person, I'm growing. Like, okay, as you said, we've all done things that are cancel worthy. Like that doesn't mean that your actions that have to be like insanely horrible. Like people get canceled over tiny things, but there is a difference in doing something once Mm -hmm. and being called out for it and changing your actions and then not. And a lot of these YouTubers are being called out and then turning off their comments. And so it's like, I don't see it. It doesn't appeal to me. Like whatever. Or taking stuff down. To pretend it happened or hiding. Yeah. Like, there's just, that's the difference to me. I'm like, I would totally love to give you a second and third and fourth chance. Mm-hmm. But then once you continue to do these things after you make apologies that seem so heartfelt, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. done giving you money. I'm done giving you a platform. And I honestly hope that people sort of do something like this in regards to The Bachelor of like, these people are clearly irresponsible right. in regards to ethics and morality and I'm not going to watch the show anymore yeah. because that's what's going to make it more of an impact than these people making yeah. statements. And that's how I feel. Like I said in our last one when we talked about this, I really like The Bachelor. Like I've been watching it for a long time. I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that I'm like a stan, but I like definitely enjoy consuming their content and talking about it. Mm-hmm. And now that all this stuff has gone on and I'm like, I can't just be the person that I am and say that I support these things and say that I'm like pro this or anti this and yeah. like actively support the show that much if I don't see any change. Like I'm not here saying like I will mm-hmm. never watch this again. I'm just saying like yeah. I got to see where and I think we all should see where what they actually do because actions do speak louder than words like what are they going to do to change this situation? And it, it it sucks the most because I felt like they were really trying. This was the most diverse cast um, of The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. And I was, like, really feeling that. I really liked in The Bachelorette when they talked openly about Black Lives Matter and all of that kind of 
uh, just more heavy topics that are actually real. And so I was feeling really pro The Bachelor until all of this. So I'm sad. But now I think I'm just right back to, okay, I'm just going to have to see real change if I'm going to watch this show again. And I think that that's what everyone should do if you're home and you're a fan of the show. Um, I completely agree with what you said. I think there just needs to be um, further action to show that these things matter mm-hmm. and we're taking them into account instead of using that language of I'm trying, I'm learning, I'm growing. I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't take 10 months to stop being racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so if you could do that a little <laughs> bit sooner, that would be really nice for the entire yeah. world. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, we've had a, mm-hmm. a chat today. We really have, but <laughs> thanks guys for listening. I hope that you liked it. Um, thank yeah. you for interacting with our stories and doing all that you do i do Mm -hmm. have an exciting announcement we are on apple podcasts now thank goodness and you can leave reviews so if you like us only if you like us (laughs) or if you love us it would be great if you left a review and you can also follow Mm -hmm. us i think on apple podcasts and on spotify or whatever Mm -hmm. um podcast platform that you listen to i think we're on all of them now so that's just a little plug but thanks for listening to us again and we will talk to you next week